0: This is Dr. Karen, and this is the Are They 18 Yet podcast, where I help parents raise independent, self-sufficient kids without sacrificing their own identity and sense of purpose. I'm here to share practical day-to-day solutions and actionable advice for supporting systemic changes so we can make this world a more inclusive and accepting place now and for future generations. Hey there. It's Dr. Karen, and I am really excited to get into episode four of the Are They 18 Yet podcast, where I am going to be continuing the discussion with my husband about his experiences growing up with a potential diagnosis of ADHD and working through some challenges with staying organized and focused when he went to college specifically. Now, when I originally asked him to sit down and do this, he said, so you wanna just showcase my failure in college to a whole bunch of strangers? But the whole purpose here is to show what can happen if you don't get on top of skills like executive functioning, which I'm gonna be talking about throughout this episode, making different commentary on our conversation but not just a cautionary tale, but also really a story of triumph, because as you're going to find as you listen, the story does have a happy ending. In episode three, we got into his story of when he was initially evaluated and why he And some of the things that he struggled with growing up in elementary school and high school and when things really fell apart when he went to college. Now, I share this for a couple of reasons because with my stepdaughter, Olivia, she is showing a lot of the same characteristics that he is. So, Obviously, we are happy that that Joe, my husband, was able to turn things around, go back, and after leaving college, the first time he tried, eventually went back, finished his bachelor's degree at a different university, and then actually went back to the same university that he dropped out of and got a master's degree. So he was able to turn things around as an adult, but as we're looking forward to, For my stepdaughter, we would rather that she get it right the first time and take his story and use it to think about what what we can do to prepare her so that she is able to self-manage when she gets into a situation where, where she needs to do that. Because it's different when you are in elementary school, you have teachers checking up on you, even throughout high school when a lot of people are living with their parents and they have different accountability systems put in place. It's really important to be aware of what you need as far as accountability and be aware of what skills you need to be developing. I think that, as I've said before, this situation that we've been in this year with remote learning has given us a chance for my stepdaughter specifically, to learn what happens when she doesn't have as much structure and be able to use that information to figure out, okay, what do I need in order to be successful? Unfortunately for my husband, he didn't have as many of these opportunities. He didn't have a pandemic when he was younger, so he didn't realize some of the things that he could have been working on in order to help himself be successful. So, While this story does have a happy ending, I wanted to just share that because it is different for everyone. Everyone has a breaking point as far as when things get really challenging for them. As I said before in episode three, sometimes people do pretty well when they are in school and have lots of deadlines, but then When they get into a situation like college where they are totally on their own, then things fall apart. Some people do okay in college, but when they get to adulthood, they don't have as much structure and then things get hard then. For kids, sometimes that breaking point comes way sooner. So, for example, they could be in class and When they're doing a group assignment, they're on task. But as soon as they have to do something independent, even if it's just for five minutes, things tend to break down. So if you're listening to this, you're obviously a parent who wants to help your kids be more independent. What I want you to take away from this is that everybody's point where they need that support is different. And it doesn't mean that one person is better than another, it just means that they're different. So if you have a child who is having a hard time to do things like like independent work in school, or if they're easily off track and distracted, It doesn't necessarily mean that they aren't intelligent or capable. It just means that there are different skills that they need to work on, which can absolutely be changed with practice and can be improved. Before we get into this episode, I wanted to just give you a quick reminder, if you haven't yet, to download my parent guide where I walk through the eight different executive functions, Executive functioning skills are the skills that help us to engage in goal-directed behavior, self-manage, stay attentive, and be productive and get things done. If you have a child who has a hard time doing things independently, like the simplest things, maybe just going into the kitchen and making themselves a meal, or cleaning their room, or getting their things together, or if they have a hard time keeping track of all their homework assignments, if you have someone who seems to keep doors open and lights on and keep things all over the house. Maybe they just leave a trail of clothes and toys or whatever behind them and their stuff is all over and they have a hard time keeping track of their things. Something like that. If you have someone who fits that profile, then chances are they could benefit from working on executive functioning. So I walk through what the eight different executive functions are in that guide so that you can have a better understanding of why your child might have a hard time staying focused and organized, why they might put up a fight when you ask them to do things that require a sustained effort, so things that might be challenging like homework or really anything that requires them to maintain focus for an extended amount of time or why they might procrastinate or avoid on things like that. So all you need to do to download that parent guide is go to drkarendudekbrannon.com backslash parent guide. Again, when you spell doctor, it's D-R-K-A-R-E-N-D-U-D-E-K B-R-A-N-N-A-N.com backslash parent guide and grab your copy. All you'll need to do is go to your inbox, confirm that you wanna be on the mailing list and then that guide will be sent to you. So you'll also be added to my mailing list so you'll be the first to know when podcast episodes air and when doors to my parent training program open. And this parent training program is where I help people through building independence in their kids. So if you have a school-aged child and you want to help them be more attentive and focused and more organized with their homework assignments, then you'll definitely want to be on that list so that you can get the information about that training program. Again, that's drkarendudekbrannon.com backslash parent guide to grab your free copy. So with that, let's get into the rest of the interview with my husband.
1: I had kind of milled through and, and finished up my associate's degree and decided, hey, you know, maybe maybe that's as far as I'm going to go. And I started a job and I was working a job and it, it became evident to me, at least, that if I wanted the kind of life that I kind of envisioned all, you know, growing up, that I was going to need a college degree. So I decided I would go back. So at the time, I, I quit my job. Uh, I was living in Ohio. I moved back to Illinois. I was in my early 20s, 22, 23 at the time. And again, my, my parents um, said, great, we're, we're 100% supportive of you going to school, um, but you, again, you're on your own. Again, it, it changed how I looked at it because when, when I looked at going back, I walked on the campus um, as a junior that first day at Eastern Illinois. I was not technically enrolled in the School of Business yet, so the first thing I had to do was essentially talk my way into getting accepted into the School of Business, and after I did that, I talked to the dean of the business school, and I told her that, you know, my goal was to actually graduate in one calendar year. So I wanted to do my junior and senior year in the fall, spring, and then finish up in the summer. It took some convincing, and it took some uh, workarounds. I had to take some classes outside of that particular university, and um, but I was able to do it. And I was w- actually working full-time at the time as well. And I found a few things that, that really made a difference for me one of them being i didn't have any free time i didn't have time to go out and go to a party i didn't have time for a social life i didn't have time for anything i would drive down i I didn't actually live in the same town as as the university i was going to so i would drive down i'd go to class all day, and I had back-to-back classes. I made sure to go to class every single day. And then I'd leave, and I'd drive back, and I'd usually be working that night. And on the days that I didn't have class, I was usually working all day. And so I had to be extremely cautious with any free moment of my time. There would be times where I would try to, you know, figure out how how was I going to get 30 minutes to st- study for a test, an upcoming test. And when you consider that, it used to, you know, I used to maybe say, hey, I'm going to spend five hours cramming for a test. 30 minutes doesn't seem like a lot, but when that's all you have, you have to be hyper, hyper focused. It really forced me to focus on what was important. And so I made sure that I would visit with my professors once a week and actually talk to them and make sure if I had a question or if there was a concept that I didn't understand, that I would get clarification and I would get it you know through instead of just an email which would have been easy to do I actually got it you know and and heard it and that really helped out and then quite frankly I think it helped out the fact that the professors knew that I cared because I was there every single week all semester long you know I, it wasn't I wasn't coming in at, at the end of the year and saying uh oh you know I'm, I'm worried about going from a a to a B or or whatever with with the final they knew that I was there and and that I was committed to learning
0: there is. A I think, how old is he now? The guy that you're mentoring.
1: He is a junior in college.
0: And you shared something with him about how it was the day before a test and there was a huge line to talk to your professor. Can you talk a little bit about that?
1: Yeah. So that that was actually my marketing professor. I believe I had him For four total classes, and you know, one of the things I always did with with my professors, and it, it was not meant as a a guilt trip or anything, but it was more meant as level setting of you know what where I was at and and what they could expect from me. And I went in at the very beginning of each semester, and I would tell the professors I. I'm working full-time. Here's my work schedule. Here's my school schedule. And every single professor was like, you can't do this. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to do it because I have to do it because I'm paying for it. And I don't want to go to school for another semester because college is expensive.
0: So it was a natural consequence. Yes. <laughs> of, yes. This is my money.
1: Yes. It, it, all of a sudden, it, it, it meant something different to me, right? So I they understood what I was going through. And, and so I think it even meant more to them that I was spending and investing in that time with the professors every week to, to speak with them. Every week I, I would spend time with this professor and, and you know, chat with them and and things like that. And, and a lot of times it was very heavily focused on, you know, the marketing assignments that were, were going on or the concepts that we were talking about. But we also just kind of talked about life every once in a while as well. And it was getting close to the end of you know, the spring semester and everybody was kind of struggling with, with what was going on in the marketing class. And, you know, there, there was a big test and everyone's freaking out and I go up, you know, and and I never even set appointments. Usually I would just kind of go up. I only had, you know, small windows of time. So when I had a window of time, I just go up and and try to talk to a professor and I went up and all of a sudden there was this huge line. I mean, there must've been like 20, you know, kids, and I say kids because they were five, six years younger than I was, so they they seem like kids to me. You know, but but they're lined up and and they're all waiting to see him, and the professor wasn't in yet, and he walks by, and I'm like, oh, you know, I was gonna talk with you, but uh, you know, maybe I'll just try to catch you, you know, tomorrow or, or whatever. And he was like, oh no, you you have an appointment, right? and I was like right yeah I I've, I've got an appointment and you, you know we 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 walked in to his office and and I sat down and I was like you know I appreciate you know I I know you know my schedule is busy and and so I really appreciate you uh you know pulling me in but you know, you really didn't have to do that and you know he he looked at me and he said I haven't seen any of those kids outside of class this whole semester this is the first time I'm seeing any of them you've been here every week for essentially a full year in the fall and the spring they don't get to cut in line in front of you it just it really reinforced to me that when you show that something is important to you that's also important to somebody else that all of a sudden they become more invested in you as well
0: yeah our consistency too just thinking ahead Thinking beyond the last minute.
1: Well, yes. The the first time around, I I I had had another meeting with a professor after I missed that test, and I tried to convince her um, and use my sales ability to tell her that I really should be able to take this test because it was scheduled for the day that I showed up. And um,
0: how'd
1: that go? It it didn't go very well. (laughs) She said, uh, basically, tough luck. You know. Yeah. Um, and again rightfully so right I, I, I was I was worse than those kids who who didn't go see the professor all semester but then freaked out at the end because I didn't even go to the class I, I didn't even show the professor the respect of attending the class and trying to learn I just I, I was looking for a shortcut.
0: Mm-hmm. to take a quick break to share a resource that's going to change the way you interact with your kids each day so you can be there to support them and keep your sanity at the same time. If you're a parent who wants to set your kids up for success as adults, then I wanted to invite you to sign up for my free parent guide. In this guide, I share the set of skills that kids need in order to stay organized, focused, and motivated during their day-to-day tasks like chores and homework. If you've ever felt like a broken record because you're nagging your kids to pick up their things and get ready to go on time or get their assignments turned in, or if you have a child who has a low tolerance for frustration and you worry they aren't learning the skills they need to be resilient and adaptable, then you'll get a ton of insight when reading this guide. In it, I share the essential set of skills kids need to stay emotionally regulated and attentive and apply critical thinking skills so they can stick with challenging tasks independently without nagging, bribes, or constant hand-holding, so you can have the peace of mind that your kids will grow up to have productive, fulfilling lives. Just go to drkarendudekbrannon.com backslash parent guide to sign up. When you sign up for the guide, you'll also be added to my mailing list, so you'll be the first to know when podcast episodes air And when doors to my parent training program are open, just go to DrKarenDudekBrandon.com backslash parent guide. Obviously, you were able to get it all done, go back and get your master's from the same university that you had left the first time. When you think about our child, Olivia, and you are thinking about what you would want for her, I mean, what... You've, I know we've had a lot of conversations with her about this and you've shared some of those things. We've compared your college experience to my college experience and how they were both very different. I mean, would you want her to have to learn the same lessons in the same way that you did?
1: It'd be cheaper for me for college. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. you know, from that standpoint, it'd be nice. But no, in, in, in all seriousness, um that, that is something that I, I know we've talked quite a lot about and we are hyper vigilant in trying to instill some of these life lessons and and learnings into her before she gets into those situations one of the other things that that I had talked I talked to my mentee about, quite a bit. Uh, He's a first generation college student and and he's off at Hamilton University and is doing just amazing. But before he left, you know, I I told him, I said, inevitably, you are going to make mistakes in life. That is normal. That is something that if, if you do not make mistakes in life, you're not trying. But what you want to focus on is that those mistakes aren't life altering mistakes. Plunking out of college can be a life altering mistake. Getting in you know behind the wheel uh, of a vehicle after you've been drinking can be a life-altering mistake it's having that forethought of saying I'm going to take calculated risk on certain things but on other things I'm not going to be taking those calculated risks absolutely I, I think when when I look at Olivia and, and I look at her growing up um, and I look at what what the teachers say about uh, like feedback from you know her education, When she's in third, fourth, and fifth grade, and I look back at my teacher's feedback of me when I was in third, fourth, and fifth grade, it's almost identical.
0: Yeah, I remember the the scores were even really close. Even the test scores, what she was high and lower in and yours was very, very similar.
1: So I I think that it's important to to focus on that. And um, one of the things that this whole pandemic and remote learning has given us the opportunity to do is put her in a position that she she has to self-manage. A few of these mm-hmm. things,
0: yeah, <laughs> and
1: it, it has actually been it, it's obviously been difficult, but but in a way, I think there could be a, a silver lining to this cloud, yeah. And you know, I I've talked to her, um, you know, she's only eleven, but you know, we have adult conversations, and you know, I've talked to her about the fact that she may be able to look back at this experience 30 years from now as a springboard of being able to self-manage and, and to be able to understand that, yeah, I could goof off all day and, and the teachers won't really know. And, and yeah, my grades won't be great, but you know who, who really cares and what's the big deal uh, versus, hey, I can be proactive and I can really put an effort towards understanding what Uh, self-learning is and and being able to to excel in in school and in life without somebody there necessarily you know prodding me along
0: you said before that when you went back and when you actually did figure out how to self-manage you were you had to jam-pack your day and that the free time and unstructured time was kind of an achilles heel do you see the same things in her
1: I, th- I think so. Um, in, in a lot of respects. And and again, that that that's what worked for me. I don't know if, if at a certain point in time, you know, I might have been be able to benefit out of, um, you know, some type of ADD medication or something like that. Maybe I would have, maybe I wouldn't. But I found that it, when I have a lot to do, the best thing for me to do is almost overload myself so that I don't have that downtime and um, you know I, I think she's very similar when when left to her own devices and, and when she has a lot of downtime, a lot of times she struggles to really put all the pieces together and make sure everything gets done during the day. but when she knows she has a busy day, she's got school all day and then she's got track and then she's got soccer and and there's not gonna be a free moment and, and she knows that she'll proactively wake up early and do assignments and do work um, because she knows she's not going to be able to do them at a later point in time.
0: Why do you think the downtime is problematic for you and possibly her?
1: Well, for me, I I think, and, and again, it's probably very similar for her as well, right? For me, it was just an issue of being able to get back and refocus.
0: Is it a, a switching from one thing to another kind of a thing?
1: Part of it's switching, and then part of it is just kind of getting lost in, again, kind of like rabbit hole kind of things. Mm-hmm. And, and so um, I've used example uh, the example before of you know Sunday football. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. And so if if you wake up and your expectation is, hey, I've got a few things to do, I'll do them a little bit later. Hey, let me let me turn on the pregame that starts now at what, like eight in the morning or something like that, you know, and and you're watching the pregames and things like that. Well, then the game starts at, at, you know, uh, 11 and okay, so so now we're watching the first game. But the second game is going to be really great, too. And then that ends and then oh, we got Sunday night football and that's always a great football game. And then before you know it, your Sunday's gone, right? And and you've done nothing with, mm-hmm. with the day except for Cheeto stains on your shirt or something because you've been sitting on the couch all day, right? So really being able to understand that if, if that's what you want, that's great, but you're going to have to do what you need to do in the day before you start that because more than likely that you, you might fall into that rabbit hole.
0: Yeah, so if you had a day that was pretty open would getting up and doing whatever productive things you have to do early would that help
1: that always helps yeah so i if if there's and a lot of times what i what i try to do now from a habit same point is i always try to do something productive immediately upon awake you know so if if that means Um, you know, going out for a run or doing exercise or listening to a self-help podcast or something like that. I'm I'm always trying to do something that's beneficial to to myself rather than just going in and going down a YouTube rabbit hole.
0: Yeah. Do you think, so we have all had a little bit of a, a unique structure this year because of the pandemic and all three of us have been home together in our little spots with Olivia. How do you think this has impacted her when you see the way that she has responded to having to be remote and sitting at a computer all day?
1: Well, I'd, I'd like to first say that I don't know child who is, let's say, six to 15 that is going to do awesome yeah. sitting at a computer yeah. all day like that right. is a horrible experience. And and again, I, I know we're, we're doing the best we can and, and her teachers have been awesome mm-hmm. uh, both last year and this year with, with everything going on. But I definitely think that she has probably struggled more than some of the other kids um, because not only... Is there a piece for her that is a social piece that, that she really needs, yeah. um, which is social feedback and, and kind of uh, that attention from others?
0: Right. She gets her energy from that, from other people.
1: Very much so. And, um, but but I also think that, that there's definitely a piece of that where, again, there, there's not necessarily somebody holding her accountable or giving her that immediate feedback. And so, again, I liken it to her first semester in sixth grade was probably uh, in a way a lot like my sophomore year in college where, hey, what can I get away with? Do I really need to go to class? You know, I should yeah. only have to go to class during test days, right? Oh, you know, maybe I don't need to do that assignment. Hey, I didn't do it for two days straight and nobody said anything until two weeks later when, you know, the parents get an email saying, Hey, these assignments haven't been done for two weeks. So yeah. there yeah. there were there were definitely some mm-hmm. transitions and, and some discussions of, hey, wait a minute, you know, like we're we're working and, and we're we're trying to check in on you, but but we can't sit there with you while you're in school all day. So, you know, we're trusting that you're doing what you're saying that you're doing. And, um, yeah, again, there were some growing pains in it, but I think she's starting to hit a rhythm just in time to <laughs> go back to school full time.
0: Yeah, she definitely didn't like it. She no. got better. She got a little better at being able to self-manage. But I think our initial thought was, let's let's uh, loosen the rope a little bit and see what she does with it. And we got to see <laughs> – <laughs> I mean, we definitely got to see what happened when we didn't when We didn't sit there and hover over her the entire time. But I guess it also gave us an idea of what would happen when we did that. I think it was about letting her, giving her the opportunity to fail to see what would happen. Because otherwise we would never know.
1: That, that's exactly the way I looked at it. I, again, I... I I see a lot of parallels between my sophomore year in college and her sixth grade, right? And so if she can learn these life lessons now of being able to self-manage her time and, and you know, commitment to education um, during this time rather than during college, it's beneficial for everyone. So, again, it's it's making mistakes that don't ruin your life, right? Uh, Two weeks of having to make up two weeks of typing class isn't the end of the world. Flunking out of college technically isn't the end of the world, but it it definitely put a uh, put me behind the eight ball for a long time. So yeah. I, I don't want her to be in that position.
0: Right. It's a bigger impact financially and <laughs> through a lot of other ways. You are listening to the Are They 18 Yet podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Karen. If you're enjoying this episode, I'd love if you could leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. All you need to do to leave a review is open the podcast app that you use and navigate to the Are They 18 Yet podcast page. Then scroll down to the subhead titled Ratings and Reviews and select write a review. Hey there, it's Dr. Karen. At this point in the interview, I thought it was a good stopping point. Of course, the interview went way longer. We had a ton to talk about, but I will leave that for future episodes because I wanted to keep it on topic. Now, in episode five coming up, I'm going to get into homework and motivation and why it's so hard to motivate kids to do their homework. Now, of course, that seems obvious. Homework's not a preferred activity, but the root cause of motivation issues is often not what you think. So stay tuned for episode five, where I get into the root cause of procrastination and motivation in school-age kids. For now, I'm signing off. Thank you so much for listening and joining me in my mission to create self-sufficient, well-adjusted kids. This is Dr. Karen, and I'll see you next time.